Well, good morning. Welcome back to Soaring Life Radio Podcast number 25, where we're going to discuss today about when to quit. Soaring Life Radio Podcast is where we inspire you with information and actionable steps so you can soar in your life at work, at home, and especially during recovery from injury or surgery. We will decode the complicated information so you can apply it to your life. This is a podcast for the open-minded. Obstinate need not apply. So this time we're doing things a little bit differently. I'm going to do it a little bit more free form um, where I'm going to just talk about um, some interesting topics. Recently, I have been interested in exploring, um, you know, when is it important to quit something? Because as an athlete growing up, you know, the old adage, winners never quit and quitters never win, has kind of stuck with me, particularly recently as we were um, trying to make a decision for with our son who was struggling with a coaching situation in a sport that he actually quite enjoyed. Um, and we were struggling with, you know, when is it quitting and not working through something difficult? And when is it um, best to quit? Because quitting is a choice you can make. And so in exploring that, um, I've come across and also exploring how to better focus my business strategy to maybe help more people, but also make it so that it's a sustainable process um, for me as a mother, as a clinician. Um, And so that's where this is. And so one of the things I was listening to another podcast um, and this book came up and it's called The Dip by Seth Godin. Um, the extraordinary benefits of knowing when to quit and when to stick. And so there's a couple of things that I have used personally that these things kind of support when making a decision to quit something and move on. Um, And for us and our son in particular, it was the potential for growth. Um, That really has been where making our decisions to change something up, although some people may judge it as being reactive, um, but And in order to succeed, the important part in our minds is that the situation has to have the potential for growth. And if it doesn't have the potential for growth, then it's worth quitting. Um, And if it's just pulling you down and it's detrimental to your mental health, your physical health and well-being um, and your ability to learn, then in our opinion, it's um, always okay that the choice to quit is actually still Um, in our mind winning. But more specifically, this book called The Dip talks about the extraordinary benefits of knowing when to quit and when to stick. It's a great little book by Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. It, you know, it's only about, gosh, 60 pages and you can get it on audio. And for sure, for anyone um, who is in business, who is in healthcare, help trying to help a patient get better, um, or raising children, you know, absolutely knowing when it's okay to make a decision um, that quitting actually aids in um, growth. So specifically, um, I wanted to talk about the three questions to ask before you're choosing to, to quit. Um, and this is based on, again, the dip, you know, where he talks about there's a point where you're in a business or um working on something and you dip down and you start to struggle. Like things are going well, things are going well. And then you hit like a road bump, you know, and the question is determining whether that dip is worth riding it out and pushing through or whether that dip isn't actually a dip, but it's a dead end. Um, And so these are things to help 
um, questions to ask yourself. And so whether you're thinking of quitting or not, or you're thinking about it, that that first question to ask is, am I panicking? Because quitting is not the same as panicking. Panic is never premeditated. Panic attacks us, it grabs us, and it is in the moment. So, you know, when you get in that moment and you um, have all of that emotion that goes with it, that if you are panicking, that that's not the time to make the decision to quit. You have to take a moment and sit with those feelings um, and those emotions and come up with, with a plan so that you can more objectively um, assess those things. Certainly we've all had that experience. Like if you've had a conflict with something or someone that you just want to walk away and quit say, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, you have to take a moment. Um, and that the quitting at that time when you're in a panic mode can be dangerous and expensive. Um, you want to be able to decide. He talks about deciding in advance about when you're going to quit. You don't want it to be reflexive or reactive. Um, so that you want to wait that out. So if you're panicking, hold on to that moment so that when you're deciding to quit, you have an action plan. The second question is, who am I trying to influence? I'm going to read a bit of this um, uh, to explain this. If you're considering quitting, it's almost certainly because you're not being successful at your current attempt at influence. If you have called on a prospect a dozen times without success, you're frustrated and considering giving up. If you've got a boss who just won't let up, you're considering quitting your job. And if you're a marketer with a product that doesn't seem to be catching on, you're wondering if you should abandon this product and try another. If you're trying to influence just one person, like, for example, you might be in the clinic working with a patient or your child, persistence has its limits. It's easy to cross a line between demonstrating your commitment and being a pest. If you haven't influenced them yet, it may very well be time to quit. Now, clearly with, um, you know, children and such, I would say that um, it's always worth continuing to be that pest because I do think they're, they're hearing it, even if you're not seeing the change immediately. So many times I've heard or experienced personally with with my children, that the things I thought that I was trying to influence and wasn't being successful, that over time it did, I did, if I stopped and looked that I had made an impact or I talked to like a teacher or something like that, that I'd found out that the message had gotten through, you know, but you have to decide at one point, if you're really trying to work with a patient or a client or somebody who, um, you're trying to influence to make lifestyle changes and you're not getting anywhere, you sometimes have to say, you know, Am I making progress with this person when I'm going through these efforts to help them make changes? Are we getting little bits of change or are they just obstinate to the information and not getting it? We're not getting in at all. And if that's the case, then it's time to quit that path, right? And even with a patient, you know, it's so if they're not willing to make some lifestyle changes, you have to either accept where they're at and not work on changing that particular behavior and do what you can and just acknowledge that, but that don't take it as a sign of your failure necessarily. The third question is, what sort of measurable progress am I making? Quote, if you're trying to succeed in a job or a relationship and or at a task, you're either moving forward, falling behind, or standing still. There really are only three choices. 
to succeed, to get to that light at the end of the tunnel. You've got to make some sort of forward progress, no matter how small. Too often we get stuck in a situation where quitting seems too painful, so we just stay with it, choosing not to quit because it's easier than quitting. That choice to stick with it in the absence of forward progress is a waste. It's a waste because of the opportunity cost. You could be doing something far better and far more pleasurable with your time. Measurable progress doesn't have to be a raise or a promotion. It can be more subtle than that, but it needs to be more than a mantra, more than just surviving and succeeding. The challenge then is to surface new milestones in areas where you have previously expected to find none. If you have a small business and you're keeping a few customers happy, it's fine to keep on keeping on because over time those customers can get you new customers. You can measure your progress by referrals and sales growth. Your consistency and market presence all by themselves are enough to justify your efforts sometimes. If, on the other hand, your business doesn't generate word of mouth, doesn't see new customers, and isn't moving forward, why exactly are you sticking with it? Um, this, I'm going to skip a part here and say the seduction of not quitting and the source of all those stories about sticking it out almost always comes from people moving through a market. When you hear about an author who got turned down 30 times before signing with a publisher or an overnight sensation who paid her dues for a decade in coffee shops, you're seeing how persistence pays off across the market. Um, so I think what's important here is overall you want to say, one, before I quit, am I panicking? Am I just impulsively reacting to my emotions and the event at hand? Don't quit if that's the case. You want to take a moment, um, you know, wait, wait it out, persist through that a bit, and then for sure come up with a plan if it's something that um, really continues to be a problem. Who am I trying to influence? You know, are we? Are you trying to influence somebody? who, you know, like a child, as they grow, they're going to continue to hear those things and that the persistence will pay off in the long run? Are you trying to make a change with a fellow adult who is resisting anything that you say to them and it just ends up being an exhaust on your part? You have to identify that it's not worth your time and energy and to quit that process if they're really not going to be listening to what you're saying and they're actively resisting what you're saying. Question number three is what sort of progress am I making? Like, is it working? Is it working? And um, another gentleman on this podcast had mentioned his things were before deciding to quit was uh, go with, going with your gut. What is your gut telling you to do? And too often we get rid of our, we ignore our intuition um, about where something is at. I've heard that so many times. And what does your gut say with other parenting strategies and things like that? One of the reasons why I love our pediatrician is that um, he doesn't look at me as a crazy mom. He's like, you know, more often than not, I find that a mother's intuition is onto something and that it's not in my best interest to ignore that. And so I encourage people when they're trying to make a decision about whether to move forward or to quit something that may or may not be working is one, what does your gut tell you? Um, does your gut tell you it's not working? Does your gut tell you this isn't the right fit? It really doesn't make you happy and doesn't um, provide you growth. What does your gut tell you? Um, and then the next thing is, um, like Seth was saying, is it even working? Whatever you're doing, is it working? Are you seeing measurable change? Like with our patients, we write goals all the time and looking for range of motion changes, strength changes, um, functional changes. And at some point you have to look at that and say, 
Is it working what we're doing? Are we seeing changes? Even if it's slow progress, that's still progress. But if nothing is changing and like the pain isn't changing, the behaviors aren't changing, strength isn't changing, then you have to say, okay, we need to change our direction. We need to work in a different direction. We need to work on a different muscle group um, or a different strategy that it's not necessarily, it's about quitting that one path, but redirecting yourself, Um, but that you're not spinning your wheels and wasting your energy. And so I found this really helpful in a couple of recent challenges that I've come across because as I've been working on my business strategy and trying to work towards healthy lifestyle change for more and more people, I've had to, I've had to stop and ask myself, is this working? Am I able to maintain my health and happiness and family life while trying to do this? Am I able to see changes amongst the people that I'm trying to help? You know, and so I have to look at those things. But I think maybe the biggest thing is the mind shift for me after looking into this and these um, challenges I've had both from a business um, strategy, from uh, a mothering strategy, you know, that all of these things that, you know, it's not that winners never quit. It's that they actually know exactly or not exact. They don't necessarily know exactly when to quit, but they're in tune with the fact that quitting is okay if they want to try to win at something. So if you want to be successful, um, then it's important to identify those things that it's often easier not to quit and keep up with habits just because they're habitual, even though they're not getting you anywhere. And that's what's important um, a lot of times in making people successful at changing their health strategies is I ask people, well, like, is that working? Or you're making that choice, but why? Why are you making that choice? Because how does it make you feel? How is your body responding? How is that helping you reach your goal? Because if you really want to be successful at reaching a specific goal of health and wellness, then you have to understand that there, that means that there are going to be things that you're going to need to give up and you just have to decide, do you want to win or not? Because quitting actually is necessary to win oftentimes. And I'm not necessarily talking about competition and sports and, um, any of those things as much as for me too, it's, it's looking at the growth potential. Are we growing? Are we improving? Are we making ourselves better? Are we making a change um, in, in our patients and our clients? Are they changing? Because if they're not, then you have to readdress the path that you are trying to get there or quit certain things and ask those questions. All right. So in a nutshell, I would say based on Seth's book, The Dip, um, and my personal experience, there's maybe five things, let's say four, because the first thing is I always want everyone to check their, their intuition. I think if we were making a decision to proceed with something or not to proceed with something, do we start our child earlier in kindergarten, even though we don't feel like he's ready, those sorts of things, um, is what is your intuition knowing what you know, because our intuition actually is, um, it's, it's like our body is processing things, our physiology is processing all the information even before our, our brain can comprehend it. Now, I'm not uh, a neuropsychologist, but that's what I understand is that the, when you pay attention to those things, it's our body's response, our physiological response before our brain can really comprehend the reasons and such. And I've often had that, like I've had these gut responses to things and I couldn't quite identify exactly why it was that I had such a strong response in my gut. 
and it's ta- it takes me a little bit of time, but that when I circle back around that my gut has been on target the majority of the time. Now, I don't have any measurement of that, but I would say just check with your gut. Always start with checking with your gut before you're quitting something. That's the second thing. Am I, and so then using Seth's questions, the second thing would be to ask yourself, am I panicking? Am I just having a reaction, an emotional reaction? And then if that's the case, I need to take a few minutes and let the dust settle, so to speak, before I take action. And if I still feel after I've let myself settle, you know, go to exercise, let a few days pass, meditate, pray or whatever, is it, is that still something that I think um, makes sense? And who am I trying to influence? What am I trying to influence? So the third question is, what am I trying to influence? Are, is it possible to influence that person or that situation? Because there are absolutely times where there aren't ways to influence that situation. Um, either because somebody doesn't want to hear what you're sharing or it's out of your control. I mean, literally out of your control, you don't have any influence. And for sure in our recent um, uh, interaction with uh, a coaching problem for one of our children, there there was no, we did not as a family, as a player, as, a, um, as parents have any influence on the situation. Um, and, and that felt like, you know, we have no power to change what's not working for us. And so we're not going to participate in that because we don't have any power to make that change. And so we said, you know what, we're not going to do it because there's no power to change anything and we have no chance for growth. And then the last question is, is it working? Right? Are we seeing some change? Is something happening, even if it's slow or is nothing happening? And if nothing's happening, it's time to really evaluate and say, maybe it's time to change our, our course. Okay, so we've got our four questions. Check your gut before choosing to quit. Four, four things to check with before you decide to quit either how you're treating a patient or quit in something related to life business is check with your gut first. Not that that's the only thing you need to react to, but always check with your gut. The second thing is, am I um, panicking? Am I having an emotional response? Because if the answer is yes, you need to take a minute and wait it out before you make a, a decision to quit. The third question is, is this situation, am I influencing this situation? Can't Do I have influence here? Who am I trying to influence? Because if you have no opportunity to influence the outcome here, then it might it's not worth your time beating your head against the wall, right? And then the fourth thing is, is it working? Whatever we are doing, is it working? Is it helping us grow our business? Is it helping change um, a, a client's health um, objectively? Is it changing our patient's function? Are they able to do more, having less pain? So those four things, check with your gut. Am I panicking? Do I have influence? Who am I trying to influence? And is it working? And a lot of this is in Seth Godin's book, The Dip. It's a super short book, well worth your time, um, and very, very interesting. Um, And I think it would be worthwhile for any clinician, parent, um, anyone in your life that you can start to think about those three to four specific questions 
that if your goal is to win at whatever it is, it doesn't have to be win in the world or be the best in the world. It could be, you know, I want to be the best parent that I can be for my children. Um, and how, how do I make that happen? And knowing when something is working versus not working and how you decide to quit something. Um, because those are important things. You don't have to suffer through it if it's not working. Now, sometimes it can be a struggle. It can be a struggle and you have to check where you want to go with it and really assess your commitment. So that's all for now. Thank you for joining me and hopefully you enjoyed your podcast number 25. All right. Thank you.